All right. Here it is again. And it's called In Search of Tracks Podcast. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, Pete. Good one. I, I like how that. How are you feeling today? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's appropriate. Apropos of everything today, uh, I'm good. I'm feeling good. Pete, I think I've talked. Have I talked to you about this? I put, uh, yeah, I think I, tonight was one of the nights where only night two where I've done it all by myself, put to bed my now four month old daughter. And um, it's a skill, my friend. It's, I have to it, imagine it is. It's uh, It takes some work. So uh, major shout out to my significant other who <laughs> does it 98% of the time. Not because I won't, but because she she would love to uh, do it more than anything. But uh, tonight I was on deck and I did good. I did good. But it also is like I need to regain some energy so we can just power through this, do our recordings, have a good time. And I'm excited for the record today. Yeah, man. And shout out to the four-month-old for going to sleep, letting us record a podcast. 100%. (laughs) So uh, what are we doing today? We're talking about a band called Wire and an album called Pink Flag. That's their first record. Came out in 1977. Bob, what do you know about Wire? Um... Let's see. Um, English punk band. Yeah. Um, very influential. Yeah. Uh, this record specifically. And when I first heard them, when I was 17, I thought it was crap. Um, <laughs> and I was a dummy. I was a major dummy. So, um, uh, Colin Newman's band, um, and he went on to do um, a variety of music, some of which was really good, uh, some of which was really weird, some of which was both, um, and then a whole lot of music that was just really, really weird. So That sounds a lot like Wire's career. Uh, yes, 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 because Wire after Pink Flag gets very interesting, <laughs> I actually, um, I thought about saying that we should do Chairs Missing, the second record. Yeah. Because um, I like it. And the third record, 154, I also like. Yep. But is really weird. And I don't know if I've heard anything beyond that. Oh, interesting. I did my Wire deep dive a year or two ago. Okay. Actually, no, I think it was over uh, over quarantine that I did oh, my okay. Wire deep dive. But um Dude, there's lots of good stuff, particularly everything they've done since they reformed the last time. I think 99 or 2000, they got back together again for like okay. the second time. Um, most of it is great. Really? Interesting. Yeah, most okay. of it's like very, very good. Okay, then we're going to do one of those records next then. Cool. Um, what do you, what else do you know about Wire than what we said? Um, that's about it. I just know that they have a ton of records and of varying degrees of quality. Um, yes. This one, um, I heard of Wire, I think probably the same way that you heard of them, which is that a little band called Minor Threat covered 12XU. On the and, Flex Your Head compilation, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, found out that was a Wire song. Mm-hmm. 
listen to Pink Flag. I didn't dislike it, but I definitely didn't get it. Um, yeah, I think it was a little while <laughs> later. I think I sought out the why the the original version of One Two XU. I was like, mm, <coughs> this is not what I wanted. And it was a little while later before I heard Pink Flag. And yeah. When I heard Pink Flag as a record, I was like, all right. But it didn't pull me in at that time. I think I still wasn't in the right space for it. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Yeah, but I mean, that's really it. Um, same as you. I'm familiar with Colin Newman stuff. I, I really, really like a lot of that. Um, but interesting band. I mean, just they it seems like they were obviously involved with the like early early first wave of british punk movement but didn't really seem involved in it like actually um they were obviously lumped together with all those bands but i don't know that they felt like a kinship with them right um and it seems like they were doing something that although it has like similar elements to it it's definitely kind of its own art punky weirdo thing. Yes. They were I, definitely doing their own take on what was happening at the time. Yeah. And um, you can feel that it kind of seeps out. <laughs> um, but I kind of want to, I don't think I've ever done this before. I'm going to give a thesis statement on wire pink flag. And then we're going to talk and we're going to discuss it. And I'm going to make the argument for why I support this thesis. Are you ready? Okay. The record Pink Flag by the band Wire. I didn't write this down. It's all off the dome. So the record <laughs> Pink Flag by the band Wire, while often to most audiences is seen as an exit point for fans of punk music. I've seen it as an exit point for people who are into punk. This is a record they get into as they are exiting their more aggressive music phase. Okay. I believe that the audience at large, the genre, and yes, the individual listener would be much better served if this was an introductory punk record because it is so influential on punk, on hardcore on post-punk, on indie, on college rock, 90s alternative. I think this record is low-key, dumb influential. And I I shouldn't even say low-key. People know it's a big deal. But when you listen to it with the right ear, I think I heard it when I was too knee-deep, and I wish I had heard it as an intro record. I'm on board with that. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's a palette expander and it's quite often used as this like, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of like the hardcore thing has really burnt me out. And then you listen to this record and it's really refreshing and it's interesting. And there's all these pieces and elements that can lead you into like post punk. It can lead you into new wave. It can lead you into like just a really different understanding of brevity and conciseness in songwriting. And I think everybody would be more creatively satisfied if they were, this is like the, Oh, okay, here, we're going to give you this. 
Um, we're going to give you, you know, here's a here's a black flag record. Here's uh, the the here's the minor threat discography. Here's wire pink flag. It should be in that conversation instead of oh, okay, you're over hardcore. Check out pink flag. You know, right, right. So, anyways, that's that's my thesis. Uh, I'm excited to kind of talk about this record more. Um, I have a couple more big thoughts, but do you have any other big thoughts on this record before we really start peeling into it? Um. Kind of to your point, I I was just thinking about how this is obviously I like I think when they started playing, I don't know that like punk was a solidified thing. It was just kind of this burgeoning moment. And like yes. if you read interviews with them, you know they're like, yeah, people called us punk, but we weren't actually there. Like there was no such thing as punk at the time, right? So right. so I think that's interesting. But uh, again, to your point, it's like. I listened to some of this and I'm like, this sounds like they're doing post-punk before punk even existed. Yes. Yeah. And they're, and they're doing like college rock before this even existed. So like, yeah, I do think that you can take so many different directions from what these guys did just on this album, not even incorporating the two albums that came after it. Yes. Which is fucking insane. Like, I really think that any, like, I can't say any teenager because I think that, like, I don't think that any teenager would be interested in this. But right. I guess my, my logic in saying that is just, like, if 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 you have someone that's kind of newly interested in, like, underground music of any kind or, like, yes. alt rock of any kind, I feel like you could give them this and they could take any number of different things from it, which is kind of interesting and exciting and something that, like, you don't really get from most albums that exist. <laughs> yeah. Now I will put one caveat. <clears throat> I believe this record would be like a lot of late seventies punk material hard for the post heavy metal. And then even more so post new metal listener. This feels really quaint mm-hmm. when you put into the terms of somebody who's like, yeah, I don't know. I really love Slipknot, you know? Yeah, well, exactly. And that, that's that's why I kind of gave my caveat. Yeah, exactly. So we're I mean, couching the- that. But, I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, like were full-on Slipknot, et cetera type, and still love that type of music, but who also have discovered post-punk and New Wave and are like, yeah, I love Slipknot, but I also am into Joy Division, et cetera. Like, if you like Joy Division, you should listen to this record. Yeah. If you like Seven <clears throat> Seconds or Minor Threat or any of the early Discord material or Black Flag, you should listen to this record. Uh, my big point that I was going to say is I forgot I forgot because it's been a, a while since I was really sitting with this record and I gave it really fresh ears. Yo, this record shares a lot of DNA with the Buzzcocks. Oh, sure. And I never put those two together just because the placement was so different. And I was like, oh, yeah, duh. Um, yeah, this is just, yeah, this is a very important record. Um, one of the most notable things about the record I'd like to go in on is that the, uh, the record is, let's see, 21 songs in 35 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple three minute songs, three minutes, three records, three songs that go over three minutes. It looks like mm-hmm. a few two minute songs. 
But there is also a group of songs that are under one minute. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six songs of the 21. So a full third of the record is songs under one minute. And then you go 123, 113, 117, 112, 125, 118, 146, 122, 155. Yo, more than half the record are songs that are below two minutes long. That's cool. That's really cool. (laughs) You know, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, in the interest of and spirit of this record, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, look at our our belly buttons the whole time as we talk about it. <laughs> um, we'll tear these tracks up. Any other big thoughts before we start tearing up these tracks? Uh, no. All right, let's go in. Let's go in. Uh, I'm gonna pronounce this the way the news services Reuters. opener song it has a super post-punk feel 100%. which again is is weird for the time it's really dark um it's darker than i think most punk that was happening at the time yes um certainly most early punk it sounds like art kids making punk yes um and 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 you can't picture these as dudes wearing like flashy clothing it's like no. this weird plotting start uh the vocals have some snot but it's more snarl and yeah. haunting melody, like you were saying, it's dark, it's raw, and it still has that kind of haunting darkness to it that, that you start to see is like, oh yeah, this is clearly formative to post-punk. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's I, I'll cover this a few times, I think, but there's a lot of elements of, that I think hardcore took from. Yep. Um, that Wire were doing that other punk bands of the time i don't think we're doing as much like the group vocal thing um, on this song for example there's big chant vocals on (laughs) a few of these songs yeah so that's that's interesting yes and like so just to put it together this is released in november 1977 so everybody puts the timeline here um next track field day for the sundays which is as big a and now for something completely different from the yeah. first song. Yeah. Super short. Um, faster than most uh, punk songs at the time. So they go from being more plotting and darker yeah. than most punk songs at the time to being faster and I think more aggressive than a lot of punk songs at the time. So they go from a Reuters is about three minutes. <coughs> Field day for the Sundays is 28 seconds long. Yeah. Um, but it still feels like a song. Yeah. There's stop and start, go tempos. Feels really fresh. It's upbeat. It's infectious. Like, it's a great song. 
Absolutely. Maybe my favorite 28 second song <laughs> ever. <laughs> hey. I'm with you. Three, um, three girl Roomba. Um, this song's super catchy. Mm-hmm. I love the lyrics. It's a great song. And again, it's over before it even begins. The main uh, riff from it. Um, are you familiar with the Veruca Salt songs, Volcano Girl and Seether? Yeah. It feels like a straight riff lift. Sure. So um, I love the beat. Here's one of the things I'll say about this record that we're going to hit over and over. The vocals are amorphous. They change. They do different vocal stuff throughout this record. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's, I think both Colin Newman and Graham Lewis are singing at different points on this record. Um, and they both are doing different vocal stuff as they do that. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I like it. Um, less attitude, but still a lot of personality. Yeah. Next song, uh, X Lion Tamer, one of my favorites on the record. Sort of like you go, oh, like punk, Indian, all, all kind of can pull out of this, you know. Um, the guitar is kind of prickly until you hit the big riff where it gets much sharper. And there's a younger version of me who probably doesn't feel and key in on why this is like an incredible song. Like I, I think this song's so cool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I wouldn't have had enough context to really get why this is such a great song. Um, it feels like a punk rock mega hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like like this, like we're four songs in, and I'm like, yo, there's straight up like three of the four songs. Sorry, three girl Roomba, but three of the four songs <laughs> to me are like these should be on most punk hardcore indie alt like algorithm lists, right? Yeah. I think so. And this is one of the only songs that goes on for long enough to really get stuck in your head. Yes, 100%. You know? <laughs> um, this is like, we'll get into this at some point when we do a Gang of Four episode. This is yes. like what I what I wish Gang of Four sounded like. Oh. Uh, let's use that as our thesis for when we do... Are we going to do entertainment? We should do entertainment, I think. I think we got to do entertainment. Okay. Um, take us. What's the next one? Low Down. Um, so this is another kind of post-punk before post-punk. Yes. Um, it plays with your head a little bit. There's like this long break that you think the song is over because, you know, at this point in the record, the context is short songs. Um, but then it comes back in. Um 
It's a cool song. I like it. So when it started playing, all I could think of was the song by Billy Idol, Hot in the City. <laughs> okay. So, so the <clears throat> if you were to synth this this up and uh, just jazz it just a touch, it's almost the same exact thing as the chorus to Hot in the City. Hot in the city, hot in the city. Tonight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the repetition is the strength here, and you start to go, oh, like this is template. This is one of those post-punk things that is stolen liberally. This is stolen from more than a Walmart in the suburbs. Like this is stolen. <laughs> like this, this kind of like, Oh, repetition, 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 break back repetition. Um, yeah, cool. I, I think the vocals here, that kind of strange shouting vocal gives this song a different texture. Yeah. Start to move. Start to move. Not much to say on this one, but it just—it's another one that feels like an early hardcore song to me. Yes, more rock inside of things. Um, this one made me, and it's this one, and then into Brazil, which I think is a better song. Uh, but it's that you sort of with up tempo punk and like, especially Wire. I think Buzzcock certainly have it too. There's elements of, of dance beats that are really instrumental to this type mm-hmm. of stuff, and it rarely gets cited. Um, these are rhythms you can kind of just bounce around to in a way that, and I, I think this is especially true in the 70s and then fast forward into a lot of the guitar music in the 90s and forward. You just don't get that from a lot of guitar music, you know, like bouncing danceable guitar music that's not like, you're not moshing. You're not like slamming to this, but you can dance around to it. You know, you can bounce to it. Sure. Uh, Brazil. I actually think this riff is like classic sounding. And uh, what did I write down? I said, this is an excellent use of 40 seconds. Excellent use of 40 seconds. <laughs> indeed. Um, yeah. I mean, so this is another one. It sounds like a, this one kind of firmly sounds like an early punk song to me, but like mm-hmm. they're much, they're much tighter than yes. a lot of the punk bands at the time. So it's like, even when they're doing what is like the quote unquote punk sound, it's like more focused and kind of like rigid than, yeah. uh, than a lot of the punk at the time. Yeah. It, it's, um, <clears throat> so how do I say Which this? I think works for them. Like it sounds like uptight, you know? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say it's surgical without being clinical. If that makes sense. It's like, it's a surgeon who's going in there but there's a mess on the floor, but he still performed the operation perfectly. Yeah. So, um, you know, like that's in a way where I would say wire has more in common to me with, with like something like the talking heads when the talking heads pick up their tempo, where it just sounds tight. They're just tight. Like everything's to, to click almost, you know? No, I think early punk, I think like a lot of alcohol and drugs. I don't get the sense that these get, these dudes were like into that, really. It no, seems like they, they no. really wanted to be like, even if they couldn't really quite play their instruments as well as they'd like to at the at that point, it seems like they were like really pushing themselves to like be better musicians and be a better band. Oh, that's such a great <clears throat> comment because it's it's almost like they they were only at... 50% of ability like what they could do mm-hmm. but their competency within that 50% was 100%. Yeah. So hey, I can only do 50% of the stuff that I'd like to do, 
but I'm going to do that perfectly. Yeah. And that's, you feel that throughout this. Yeah. Absolutely. And the other thing, like, I mean, a lot of these songs, I'm not going to have too much to go on just no. because I mean, they're, they're short songs, but one of the things like you said, and I think you're totally right that any post-punk influenced band since 1977 has taken liberally from this. Yes. Um, one of the things that I don't think most bands take from this is just the brevity yes. where like, well, at least, all right. So I'll say like in hardcore, maybe in punk, maybe, but I think about guided by voices. And one of the things that I love about them is, and that it has really like inspired me and my own bands and stuff is just the sense that like the song only needs what it needs, right? Like, yes. like, like you don't need to drag parts out needlessly. You don't need to make just because you have a good riff doesn't need, mean that it needs to be a five minute song. It can be a two minute song maybe. And that's like perfect. Um, I feel like these guys, like for whatever reason had that sentiment and it was like almost a mission statement for them. Like we're only going to, allow this song to play as long as it's necessary and guided by voices made like an art form out of that yeah which i i have to think that they like wire was a huge influence for them but you don't hear many bands like in the indie rock world doing that as much no there's a, there's a lot of exploring the studio space and letting things like deedle doddle and you don't get that sense on this record at all yeah um i i think in the punk and hardcore space and, and that kind of thing. I think a lot could be learned from this record. I, I think that, yes, there are shorter songs, but there's perfunctory motions that are done that you don't get on some of these shorter songs here. Yeah. Like, like okay, for example, Field Day for the Sundays. It's 28 seconds. It's a complete song. Could they have done more of it? Yes, but they didn't because that's the song they had. Yeah. Um. Then you go to Lowdown, where we were talking about the repetition. That feels so intentional. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, we were just kind of jamming it out. No, it was it was like very intentional to what they did. That song, they had, you know, two minutes and 26 seconds of that, and that's what that song was. You know, so um, I don't think even in shorter or brief songs, and there's a lack of that concise what does the song need nature? And I, I think I really appreciate that with this. Um, so just kind of moving through, uh, it's so obvious. I wrote, this is the burner section of the record. Another fast punk song. Um, Surgeon's girl aggressive. I think this song specifically was again, kind of that roots of the more raging side of punk leaning into hardcore right here. Mm -hmm. um, the song pink flag, which closes out the first side. This song, title track, and I want to talk about it a little bit more, so please, if you have anything. Um, Mid-tempo, darker, discordant. This is total pace setter for post-punk, not just sonically, but also some of the tonality. And like, like uh, I don't know. There's There's a lot going on on this song. Yeah, I mean, Pink Flag to me feels like their mission statement almost. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, there's a lot. And like, um, there's parallels here to some of the stuff that Bauhaus is doing, which isn't concurrent, but is very close. Mm -hmm. And I think is like, again, one of the like 
Bauhaus is leaning into some different stuff, but but like these are like if we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore of post punk, I think Wire and Bauhaus both deserve a space on that, you know. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, this song, great song, <clears throat> um, and also like the contrast, the A side of this record. I really feel like there's this contrast and a flow that works really well, even though it doesn't have that like, hey, we're writing our, this is our our, our uh, opus. You know, it doesn't have this like, oh yeah, there's a, there was a clear through thought. There's certain points when you listen to this where it feels like truly a collection of songs, but the contrast between the darker more post-punk songs and then the more upbeat songs is tangible is 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 palpable and and works for me really well b-side less so but there's also a little bit there's still a lot going on yeah i'm with that do you want to move to b-side yeah commercial it's the instrumental it's just rocks it's good it's like a warp it's like a warped punk idea of a commercial jingle (laughs) oh i like that good way uh straight line um great energy not super catchy um it's like again it's like proof of what can happen when you just put an idea down and keep moving like yeah. like just we we got the song let's just like we practiced it three times let's record it yeah. right now rocking touch a jangle in the guitars but just kept <coughs> pushing that tempo at a quick clip uh 106 uh, beats that so this one, this one's kind of more on the post punk song side. Post punk side, yeah, like weird, like busy, busy signal telephone thing yep. going on. Spooky parts, haunting yeah, melodies. There yeah, we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is like a cool sign of things to come for them because they definitely get a lot more experimental on diff- on later records. Oh yeah, you know what? This song would fit really nicely on on the next record. Hmm. Um. Mr. Suit. Uh, proto proto hardcore. Yep. Here's the anthemic big sing-alongs and chant parts. Huge. Like like this should be a song that somebody who likes hardcore should hear and go, oh, oh wow, okay, there's that. Yeah. In November 1977. Um, <laughs> strange. Um, another one with like weird ghostly background effects, dirgier, longer song. It's a good song. Super reverb fuzzes yeah. the song out. Uh, unlike any of the others on the record, really like the song. Maybe the only song I would cut time from. I think you could cut a minute off this song. Okay. The end of it's just like whatever. Um, fragile. Great song. One of the more melodic ones on the record. Yeah, I really like the opening guitar. The rest of the song didn't totally land, but I do like it. Okay. Mannequin. Maybe the catchiest song on the record. Yes. Uh, it's more upbeat than most of the songs on this record. It's kind of an outlier. Yes. Uh, the refrain pulled me back in really hard 
because as I was listening, probably on the fourth listen, I'm like listening, I'm liking it, but I'm starting to drift because as a whole, there are it is 35 minutes long, and you kind of get pummeled by the amount of songs on the record. Yeah. But when they get back in and there's the la 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 parts, I'm I'm in. I really like the song. Uh, different to me. The vocals felt looser, more unhinged here, kind of off the hook. Um, really tuneful. Uh, not much else to say about this. Another forty second song. <laughs> yeah, I said cool punk song, particularly abrupt ending. Yes. <laughs> Champs. Uh, champs i think this is about the most buzz coxy that they get dude i had the same note okay yeah <laughs> we do that the clapping <clears throat> gets me um i feel like there's completed melodies with some neat little flair all over the track strong vocals so that's um this one clocks in at about a minute 46 that's about the best you can ask for um i think they really show their range and i hadn't thought of it till you said it they are really utilitarian. Like the song has what it has and that's it. Yeah. This one had a little more than some of the others. It does. Feeling called love. So this is the only song on the record that feels to me like it could have been a cover song. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yo, cause my note was almost just some traditional song. Yeah. Cause the form is this like, I know this form. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it it just doesn't have the like art punk, like off kilter thing that the yes. rest of the record has. Yes. Um, still a good song. I don't think I'm cutting anything on this record, by the way. I am not. If I wanted to be a dick, I probably could go, oh, I'll take these ones, but that I'd be cutting for the sake of cutting. Feeling Called Love is close to being a cut, but I'm not cutting it. Um, it's good, not great. Yeah. And 1-2-X-U, the closer. Um, This is the one, like we said, this is kind of what brought me to Wire, um, yep. Minor Threat covering this song. So I I always think of the Minor Threat version, um, and I think I'm still a little warmer to the Minor Threat version as a result. Me too, but when I isolate it, this has pretty ripping guitar. It's beefier yeah. than a lot of the other songs on this record. It blasts through. Um they're playing with that talkier vocal and then shouted vocals. Again, a proto-hardcore thing. Yeah. I don't think topically this would fly totally in 2021, but there should be acknowledgement no. that it's, you know, a time and place thing. Ba ba ba. Yeah. Um, really good. I, I obviously can't not think of the minor threat version. But uh I, I do like the song, even though if I had to pick five songs off this record this probably wouldn't be in my top five. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, the minor threat cover would be, but not, not this one. Um, there it is. This record rocks. <laughs> Great record. Um, let's go through this. Is the record too long? Does it drag? No. I don't think so either. It does feel long, and there's a moment where you just kind of get pummeled because certain songs are here and sit with you and then the next song's here and gone yeah so you can almost feel like you're you're waiting for the bus and one takes forever to get there and it's the wrong bus and then the next one just drives right by you and you're like wait wait, i think that was my bus but i'm not sure uh you know um 
but that's okay. It's one of those things too, though, where, and I've, I've had this experience with a bunch of records that we've covered where I probably listened to this four times, I think in preparation for this. Yeah, me too. And every time I listened to it, songs that kind of brushed over me the first time would hit me in this different way. Yep. So there's like a lot of, it's funny because there, there's actually is not that much depth to this record in reality. It's like, it's, it's almost as if they like wrote the songs, practiced the songs and just put them down on tape. But right. like, but there are just these little quirks and different songs that like, depending on the listen, I would be like, Oh, actually I really like this one, this song more than I liked it. The last listen, you know, so it's really rewarding listening to it more than once. <laughs> yes. It is really rewarding. And I, I tell this to people that I think listening to punk music uh, really helped teach me how to listen to music better because there's a simplicity to it that you have to look for what you want to love in it. And um, <clears throat> that's, I don't want to, you, I don't want anyone to think that I think this is a simple record. I don't think it's a simple record. I actually think this is a really like unbelievably dynamic record in the context of the last 43, 44 years. Yeah. How much influence it's had across genres and genre. Like someone could, could write the thesis talking about how influential this was on UK punk, UK 82. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, look, any little genre of punk, you could find roots here. And um, the record just doesn't get that level of conversation from people that should give it that conversation. Um, yeah, it's 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 really good. And it's it doesn't it's not too long. Um, does the album flow or does it feel disjointed or slapped together at all? It feels disjointed, but I think that's the flow. Intentionally so, yes. Yeah. Uh, memorable songs. How do they stand up against their contemporaries? Yeah, very memorable. <laughs> um, some some are here and there, and you have to sit with them. But I mean, I think the song X Lion Tamer is super memorable. I think Pink Flag super memorable. I think Champs super memorable. I mean, there's just yeah. I, I think Field Day for the Sundays is 28 seconds long, but you got to hear that song because it's it somehow <laughs> gets it done in that short amount of time. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. It holds up really well. Uh, now here's an interesting one. Timelessness. Um, I mean, it's so we mentioned before, it's going to be hard to introduce this to like a teenager in 2021. Right. Um, however, if you have anybody that's, at all interested in the history of music and, you know, pivotal bands of, of, of different times. Uh, this record should most certainly be on that list. So yeah, it sounds a little dated. The production value isn't exactly there. It's from 1977, but at the same time, it had such a huge impact that it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's essential listening. Yeah. It's, there's no question. It's timeless. Pete, Give me, give me a uh, true, false, or I'm not sure on this. True or false? Pink flag by wire is more influential on guitar music 
from 1980 and on than Led Zeppelin. <laughs> wow. And let me say this. I'm a crazy Led Zeppelin stan. That's very interesting. Um, you can stew on I, that. Yeah, I mean, God. Largely, I want to say it's true, but the caveat is that nobody that's playing music knows that it came from wire. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right? it's, it's largely a uh, second source at this point. Yeah. Or third, to be honest. So, um, no, I, it's, and, and then you could try and make those arguments for, for Led Zeppelin too, and, and try to say, Hey, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they did that, but I just think, there's certain records that set the tone. <clears throat> um, I mean, yo, there's even elements of Britpop type stuff. You know, oh, when for I sure. think about that from this record, <clears throat> like I just. Um, but I mean, the biggest indie rock bands of today are pulling more from a band like Wire than they are from Zeppelin. <laughs> no question, so, and have yeah. been for for since 1980. And like, when I say when I say indie rock bands, by the way, I mean those are like some of the biggest bands playing so in like yeah. guitar music so yeah yeah <clears throat> um all right and presentation um artwork everything i i think the cover is both iconic and really cool i love it yeah it's it's totally iconic and it's a fucking great album cover the sparseness uh it's one of those it's that thing that i like to talk about when content meets form it's the cover feels like the record yeah so um pete do you own this record? I do. So do I. Nice. What are you going to give it out of five stars? Ah, uh, geez. Wow, I'm going to give this a 4.5. I'm going to give it a four. All right. It's really... Ah, fuck. Yeah, I'm giving it a four. Really I'm good. giving it a four. I'm really tempted to give it a five. Oh, man. Just because it's like... I think the artwork matches the music so well. I, I know. think it's like... I know. It's such a crucial record. It's like... It could get a five. You know but what, I'm Pete? Give it a I feel like if the <clears throat> conversation on this record, I just don't have any nostalgia for this, which is not yeah. to say like there's tons of records that I could identify and say, <laughs> yo, I don't have any nostalgia for this, but I'm giving it a five because it's perfect. This record to me was lost on me for a part of my life and I discovered it, really found it and, and was like, oh, okay, shit. If this was in that conversation of like, hey, these are punk records you should know and like hear and like, here's why it's important. Like, it's not like you, you never look at me and go, oh, there's Bob, that mod rocker. But like, <laughs> I got singles going steady in my first uh, 12 punk records or so, you know, and I've loved it since. And like, it really helped round out some of my musical sensibilities. And it was just, hearing um i think it was ever fallen in love on some like punk radio show and really liking it and then falling for a lot of the tracks on the rest of the record but like th this record is it just wasn't held in the same uh respect by that world and it just never it wasn't seen as a starter record and i think this should be a starter kit record i think this should be a record like oh you're interested in punk music check this record out not a you're bored of punk music check this record out yeah absolutely absolutely all right 
Yeah, we almost beat the record time. I know we're close. I mean, it's all you thirty-seven. Know, thank you, Wire, for inspiring us to do a shorter episode. Yeah, it's hope nice. We mix it up. All right. Hope uh, the people don't mind. No, people love it. Uh, <clears throat> you can, you can, and should give us five star reviews on all the the podcast platforms. You also can and should, and we'd appreciate you following us on social media such as Twitter and Instagram at trackspod and as always email us at trackspod at gmail.com that's all folks goodbye